I'm Bill Schaefer with Mark Middleton, and this is a special Active Aging Week presented by Humana podcast series of Growing Boulder. In fact, this is the 20th anniversary of Active Aging Week, which was created by the International Council on Active Aging. Yeah, have you heard about it, folks? Uh, Have you participated in it? It is celebrated globally, and it highlights the positive aspects of aging. It shares the keys that can help us all live happier and healthier lives, and in this special series, you You will meet some global thought leaders, uh, some big-time health experts, Olympic champions, and, of course, ordinary people who, regardless of their ages, abilities, and challenges, have all found ways to live with passion, purpose, and possibility. And, Mark, we have a great guest for you now because you are about to meet the founder of the International Council on Active Aging, Colin Milner. You know, the World Economic Forum said about Colin Milner, they said he was one of the most innovative and influential minds on age-related topics today. And folks, when Colin and Mark get together, the conversation can get quite compelling. Are we improving as rapidly as you would like in terms of our uh, understanding of aging? I think that our understanding of aging has reached a tipping point. You know, are we moving as fast as we could? No. Are we moving as fast as we would like? No. Could we improve? Absolutely. But we're getting there. You know, we're finally moving forward. It's like this big freighter that uh, a lot of people have been trying to turn, and it's finally turning. Now you have uh, things like the government bringing in, uh, you know, that the research will be done in people over the age of 65, as well as those under. That was a big deal. You never used to have that. Companies now are looking at how do they serve and help older adults to age better. All of these things are all coming together at one time, which is really creating this tipping point. But could we do it a lot quicker and better? Sure we could. Not only could we, but sometimes I wonder, Colin, if we must. When you look at the demographics, when you look at the age wave, when you look at the fact that 10,000 or so are turning 65 every day, it's pretty easy to go to a dark place if you allow yourself to when you extrapolate to 20 years in the future. Oh, sure. You think about it, 20 years ago, most of the reports that came out, the aging population was going to be a catastrophe. It was going to bankrupt uh, Medicare and Medicaid and, uh, you know, countries were going to go under because of their population getting older. Today, we hear something very different. We hear a more balanced approach where, yeah, we have some challenges, but there's also many opportunities. And it's a wonderful time if you are someone who is turning 50, 60, 70, 80, end up, things that are available today weren't there 5, 10, 15 years ago. So the conversation is changing, and now it's up to us to drive it faster, quicker, and be more positive about it as opposed to what society has been in the past. So your organization, the International Council on Active Aging, Has your definition of active aging changed at all since you founded it? What does active aging mean to you? So active aging, when we launched uh, 2001, a couple of weeks after 9-11, you know, our definition then and our definition today is still the same. And it's about being engaged in life. It's not about being physically active. It's about being active in all areas of life instead of being inactive instead of being 
engaged, you're disengaged. And if you're disengaged, uh, you know, things like social isolation come into play, all of these other negative aspects, where if you're engaged, social connections come into play and all the positivity with that. So our definition really has been the same. It's just the rest of the world's catching up. Forgive me for not fully understanding whether you are just a visionary genius or a very sharp businessman or someone that just is able to see things that others don't because you've been articulating what's important in aging for a long time. Everybody is talking about the benefits of social engagement these days. You've been talking about that for a long time. A, do you feel good about you know where you planted your flag years ago? And B, uh, uh, it's got to be exciting to see the rest of the culture coming around. You know, I think you're always, uh, no matter who you are, if you're an athlete and you've finished a marathon, you feel good about that, that you've finished the marathon, but then you realize there's another marathon to run in a few months' time. That's about where we are is, you know, we've taken the run and we've now gone and finished the race, but now there's a new race. The race was to get us to the tipping point. Now we're tipped over. Now it's how do we take it to a new level, to something that's really special. And to me, that's uh, where it gets really exciting. You know, I don't think I'm a, you know, a, a genius or, a, you know, a, a visionary. All I do is I just simply look at where the numbers are going and, you know, what people want. And what people want is to live a better life. The question is, how do you do that? And, uh, you know, what we do is we try and provide uh, a vision and a solution for that. It just so happens that some of the areas that we have talked about are now front and center, but they were still, in my mind, front and center for us back then. At Growing Boulder, we've chosen to focus on individuals. Uh, you know, our belief that, that uh, you know, that's kind of where it has to change. We can change the culture of aging one person at a time. Also, because we really aren't connected to Washington, D.C., uh, we're not putting a lot of time and effort into policy change, but uh, I know you are. You've got those connections. How important is it that there is policy change, that we do get support in changing individuals uh, from the government? Well, I think the support from the government comes in in things like the built environment. It comes in in reimbursement. It comes in in incentivizing people to actually get up off the couch and do something. However, I think it still comes back to the individual. If, it, if we aren't willing to change our behavior, nothing's going to happen. So, it, you know, for me, it's self-directed wellness that really has the ability to change someone's life as opposed to the government just simply passing a bill. So I think you're in the perfect spot. Now the question is, how do we stimulate more people to take action? I often say, and yet I've not traveled nor been engaged to the extent that you have globally, that what's happening in this country is happening in literally every industrialized nation in the world in terms of experiencing this age wave. Uh, the challenges, the opportunities are the same. Do you see that? Is that, is that do you feel that's true? Oh, countries all around the world are experiencing the exact same things that we are. I've been to 50 different countries now in the last 10 years, from China to Russia to Australia to Belgium, uh, you name it, and they all are facing a growing population that is aging. They're all facing ill health. They're all facing lack of funding. You know, all the things that we face day in, day out, and you have one of two choices. You can either gripe about it, 
or do something about it. And the exciting part is when you see people doing something about it, it may be on a small scale, but then how do you take that and replicate that on a larger scale countrywide, as an example? Are you optimistic about the future of aging? You can't not be. Otherwise, you won't be here. You know, the reality is that, you know, we're all going to hopefully age and age well. Uh, A lot of times they say you've got 30 years to go. Okay, 30 years, but what's the quality of those years going to be like? So I'm very optimistic about it, but it still comes back to you as an individual saying, me, I want to live a better life, and this is what I'm going to do to actually achieve that. Very few people can actually change your mind without you participating. Two-part question. What do you hope happens here uh, at this national conference that you've been putting on for so many years? And what do you hope those who attend take home with them? Well, what I'd like to see, you know, is that people would walk away from this conference with a greater knowledge base that makes them more competent, more skillful, so that they can deliver the programs, services, communities, facilities that inspire not uh, empower, because I think it, we're the ones that empower ourselves, but we as leaders can inspire our residents, our members, to actually take action. If we can set the stage, uh, you know, the meal's there, now we just need to eat it. And that's what I want people to take away, is that, you know, we're helping you with the ingredients. On a grander scale, it would be great to, as with your platform here, get the word out more about that, whether it's in Washington, whether it's, a, you know, across media, across the, the country, because it's the science, it's the media, and it's the individual that's going to be a three-pronged approach that's going to make change happen. Final question. We're all working to try to inspire people to make change, to help them understand why it's important, why it's doable, why it's possible. But Is there one thing you can give us? Is there one action step? What would you tell somebody that's listening to your voice now about how they can make the first step toward a better future? Put one foot in front of the other. You know, literally. A lot of times we overcomplicate things. You know, well, I need 30 minutes of exercise, 60 minutes, 90 minutes, 120 minutes, 150 minutes, 300 minutes. It's too damn complicated. You know, what you do is just simply move. And once you start moving, don't stop. You know, now I'm not talking about farce gum. You know, what I'm talking about is basically making sure that you make it part of your lifestyle so that, you know, you keep that movement. A friend of mine years ago, Karen Voigt, uh, always was very, very fit. And I asked her, how do you stay healthy and fit the way you are? And she said, I just don't take a day off. Because if I do, It's easier to take a second day off than a third day off and then to continue doing that. So I would say, you know, continue what you're doing, but start first. Start by putting the first foot in front of the other. And folks, you've heard that before. That's really all it takes to get started. Just one foot in front of the other. And before you know it, you're going to have a little bit of momentum. Colin Milner and the International Council on Active Aging, inspiring all of us to be fully engaged in life for as long as possible. And you know, Colin made a very important point worth emphasizing. Active aging doesn't necessarily mean that you have to run a marathon or work out at the gym. In fact, it doesn't have to be something physical at all. It can be changed 
changing your diet, starting a hobby, volunteering, anything that lights that spark inside you that makes you feel that you are living a fulfilling life. And Mark, that is such a great point because it's whatever makes you feel engaged and connected and significant because that's the true meaning of Active Aging Week presented by Humana. So folks, be sure to check us out all week as we share the International Council on Active Aging's seven dimensions of wellness with videos, articles, more podcasts like this, and a complimentary downloadable workbook that's full of great resources to help you get started to a happier and healthier future. For more information, activeagingweek.com and humananeighborhoodcenter.com.